yeah, uh, another episode rolls along. Um, uh, this is 22. I don't even, you know, I'm going to stop saying the number because I, I, or I should do a shred of preparation. It's not going to happen. So here we are in Saberland. Um, quite a, quite a terrible hockey week, Saber-wise. Well, I don't know about terrible. Um, just sort of, yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk more. Um, just funny, given, given the way that, basically the way it went from Saturday, uh, when I was last recording, leading up to the game, and then, uh, the game in Brooklyn, and then, and then Monday, and then, uh, Thursday, and now here we are. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll just, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll with it. Um, let's see, do I have, um, I think this mic is a little bit low. Well, I'll readjust it in a thing. I don't really think I have a, a like a little, an, an, a tidbit or a story for here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess that, well, I think what I'm gonna spend most of this, this episode, the hockey part of the episode, talking about, um, because my, I guess my big thing about sports is, is whether the, uh, the continued, um, the, you know, the, the, the predictive nature of the narratives of sports are what are comfortable. And I guess what's funny right now for me, and I, as I was, I was thinking this maybe midweek, um, before, uh, probably after the game on Monday, um, because I didn't, because obviously since they're in the West Coast, I didn't, I watched like the first period of the San Jose game and that was it. Um, but thus far, um, the Sabres have continued to Buffalo very hard. Uh, actually, arguably this is, this is about as bad as I can remember seeing them play, including, um, the, 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 the tank, so-called tank years. And, uh, but what I realized is like, again, this is, I, I kind of, I mean, the whole conceit in some ways of Saberland, this podcast, I mean, is the sort of, um, the whole ethos of, 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 Buffalo as a, you know, sort of as a, as a, a state of mind, because that's kind of what, <clears throat> it's more how I'm using the word Saberland in this than, um, than being strictly grounded to that, that old, uh, rink. Um, <coughs> so, it, but if, it, but the point being, if the Sabres suddenly were, <coughs> excuse me, Sabres were suddenly good and sort of weren't, you know, a, so, like a Buffalo team, put my you know, finger quote, um, what would I do? Well, I, I mean, I would like to think I'd keep going with the show, but, uh, um, I mean, what does one do when, uh, when the, the whole narrative, at least in terms of the team, is usually that the Sabres are, or anything about Buffalo is just going to ultimately let you down. So, uh, there, in, 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 so in, in that sense, um, this podcast's bread is firmly buttered as ever. So, uh, with that, um, gonna, uh, we're going to be right back after this. Uh, we're brought to you by... I don't know if you've ever heard of... Uh, wow, what's that thing called? I'm suddenly blanking. I was joking my, my roommate uh, got... Um, uh, she got... Someone gave her like a... Like, I can't believe I blanked on it. Blue, blue box, blue pail. 
No, it's the thing. It's the thing where they send you the food. Um, I'm gonna have to cut this because this is the whole point was that you can't escape. Every podcast is brought to you by uh, these stupid like food, like food things. But um, I'm not brought to you by that. All right. Well, anyway, forget that. Um, uh, I'll be right back. Well, I guess the first thing I just want to say, I mean, not that anyone was waiting with bated breath to hear an update on this, but I, uh, I didn't, um, I couldn't bring myself to wear my Eichel jersey to the game, even though I said at the very end, I sort of, at the moment, I decided to wear it at the end of the podcast, but I couldn't do it. Um, I just, you know, I, I mean, I, ha- I, ha- I mean, I have other Sabres gear like, to wear, um, and that's what I did. You know, I still, I, I, I'm gonna, I mean, I still care about, I, I can't, I'm not gonna, like, I can't, I think that, I think it's, it would be unfortunate if I was so, um, if I, if my reaction to disagreeing politically with a hockey player was to completely shun that person, um, I mean, within, within reason, and I guess there's a good argument. <laughs> it's debatable whether whether Trump is within reason or not. But uh, um, so I'm I, I'm, sorry, I'm not gonna I can't I can't completely get rid of Eichel um, or the Sabers. But I also just wasn't ready to um, wear that jersey uh, last week. So I just wore. Actually, it was it was it was a win-win for me um, because I was able to wear this. Um, this shirt that I really like that I bought on eBay like 10 years ago that I've just never really worn. I never worn it to a game before. Um, it's just like a, it's a Sabre shirt from like the nineties. It just says pump it up for the Stanley cup in like the most, the most like 1993, uh, design possible. So that was fun. Um, and there the fun ended, uh, as far as the game goes, because, um, you know, it was, it was, it was just, I just, it's interesting, that's not interesting, it's just funny to me that I, you know, I I came here, so the game, the opening game of the season was obviously, it was a disappointing but if predictable loss, um, even if the Sabres had been pretty good, Um, and I I still think they played pretty evenly against Montreal that night, although it seems so long ago now, Um, so many losses have been put between us and that game, but, uh, you know, that was would have been predictable and okay, for, you know, for a lot of teams, just because whatever you run into a good goalie, a um, couple key mistakes, and then then you know you lose the game in a shootout happens. Um, so by that, so then when I was here Saturday talking about the game, I was excited. Of course, I wanted to make be I wanted to be excited, and I was excited because it's just I haven't I hadn't seen them play here in Brooklyn for a while, and. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm on like a I'm on a pretty big losing streak with the Sabers in terms of games I've attended. I'm not even sure what the last I think the last time I saw them win was the game where Chris Stewart had like a hat trick, at least two goals if not three, again, to come back and beat the Islanders in one of the tank years. 
And that was, and that was dumb because, you know, I didn't even really want them to win that that year. I mean, it was fun to see a win, but um, but that was probably two thousand. It was probably December of fourteen. Uh, yeah, I think so because um, I think that was the year. It was it was it was in the Geichel year. I want to say because I think I was in, I would have been home for Christmas and yeah. Um, and I don't even remember what uh, games I've seen before. What what games I went to before that. Um, yeah, because in the two years since, I think you know, I, I've I've gone like two December's in a row, or since then with my dad, you know, seeing them losses to Boston, to Pittsburgh. Those have been some of the, the home games I've been to, and then and then I've been to L.A. like three times in the last several years, and all of those are losses. Um, yeah, so I I've I've been. It's been a rough, it's been like a rough four years or so as a Sabres fan. And then I even heard an interesting, or I saw an interesting, you know, well, sad stat this today, which is they haven't even taken the ice with a winning record in, since thir- 2013, that the last lockout year. Um, and it was like the third game of the season at that, you know, and Lindy was still the coach. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a brutal five years. And I think, I, I think, uh, I don't think we don't realize it, or have it. I think we've misjudged a lot of how this tank works. Um, I mean, again, there's still how to put how do you, if it were easy to put together a team and win, then um, well, I mean, obviously such a thing is impossible. But if it were, if it were if it really were that easy to, to tank and and come back and be a good team, then everyone would would do it in every sport. Um, tank, I mean, uh, or try to more blatantly. Um, and maybe, and maybe some teams really do, but, uh, you know, I think cause we, it's, it's a lot of te- people will say things like, well, Mo- well, Toronto, of course, you know, forgetting that they said Toronto did it with class, um, that stuff. Uh, and these are the same journalists who, who said at the time before that they drafted Matthews that year, they were the ones who were trashing the Leafs for, you know, years and years when they were fin- drafting in the top 10. Um, but th- the fact is the Leafs were bad for a long time. And uh, and they sort of were able to draft, they were able to draft the stud at the end of that, um, you know, because you've got years of picking up, either draft, you know, they're drafting top five players or top ten players, and then and then all the things you get to do because of that, whether they stay on the team, like Kadri, um, or you you get to, you trade for them, like Van Riemsdyk, um, you know, those, and even and th- and like you know, and those guys. That's like, you know, that's like what Sam Reinhardt could be. I think, I think, I think Reinhardt is more gonna be like a, could be more like a Kadri type than, you know, than what uh, maybe we we would have hoped. And there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, because Kadri's a great player. But I I talked about this before. But he's perfectly slotted as he is now. Um, so the Leafs, I mean, the Leafs are loaded. Um, I on I think I mean, not having watched much of them, <laughs> yeah, admittedly, because I'm still sort of, it's painful this year. I I really think they're gonna. I think they might win the conference. I, I mean, um, because they're because the you know they they're oh yeah so anyway so they're they're, cre- they're credited as if as if their tank was really like just the one year um, the classy tank for Matthews was just the one season um, and and you know and to, to maybe that's sort of true that there was only one year where they actively tried to get to the bottom but but it may it's a lot easier when you already have a lot of good pieces in place around him. Um, that 
that he's able to step in and, 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 you know, and it doesn't help that he's got the best coach in the league and um, even though I don't really, I mean, whatever. And then, you know, and, and the management in place to that know how to handle this stuff. Um, the Sabres basically tore everything apart and then, and then through, and now it's just throwing, throwing guys onto the team and just assuming that they're going to be good because they were high picks in a, coming in at a young age. And, uh, and Bontrill has even has said this. That's that's not necessarily the way to build a team. Um, and who knows? I'd be curious if if there were a way to speak with him and and hear his actual expectations of this season. Um, because a lot of his moves, you could. I mean, I think that the the, the preponderance of short term contracts he had players sign over the you know, in the off season. Maybe I'm being cynical, but I think that that even suggests a sly tank to me too. In in to me. Because um, it's just sort of like you're, he's just put he's packing the, the, the NHL team with bodies that um, you know can keep the team going and can ice a, an NHL level team you know, basically, um, but keep allow allow younger guys to stay in the NA- AHL and develop. It's still very disappointing and telling of the just the the, the poor um, drafting of the Sabers in the last. 10 years really that um that they don't that you know like none of those young guys made the actual team i mean seth griffith came in and beat out bailey baptiste um fashing uh doesn't mean it, and of course that doesn't mean those guys are never going to make it but um you know it's it's just disappointing that they didn't do that they let you know guys that were signed off the street <laughs> came in and and beat them when they've been here for years, and now they're though they're back in Rochester, and um, and maybe that's all good. If the Amherst have a good year, great. Let the let the young players stay down there. Nylander, Gooley, let them develop, hopefully. Um, but honestly, this might be the year where, I mean, if the Sabers just continue like this, and I don't think they're going to continue to be this. Oh, well, who knows? But. If they really, if they really are the worst team in the league this year, or it's the Sabers in Arizona again, and then we draft like D- Rasmus Dahlin, like, you know, there are worse things that could happen. Even though it'd be miserable, um, then we're getting to the point where now you're bringing in top talent onto a team where you've got Eichel and you know maybe Reinhardt entering their primes. Um, I mean, I guess you can say Eichel's already in it, but he's not. No, he's racking up points, but he doesn't look good this year. Or not even racking up. He needs a point per game, but he hasn't been visibly. He hasn't. He's not shooting at all. He hasn't looked like whatever that even means. Looking like you're dominating because the whole team looks bad. But uh, he doesn't. He doesn't look confident. None of the players out there look confident. If there's, and maybe that that's just an opinion and some sort of observation. But it's 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 there's something that seems off about the way. Obviously about. The way they're all playing. I mean, if not, obviously they're 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 coming they're coming out and laying eggs. But um, uh, I don't know. I just I think that we we were it was it was nice to think that that Eichel could come in and um, and you have one superstar and and then just sort of it's it'll be easy to slot people in around him and um, but that hasn't happened and uh, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I I was looking. I meant maybe. Oh yeah, I was earlier in the week. I was thinking of maybe, like having uh, going through like the Sabres draft history history on this show, and maybe I'll still do that someday. I'm not gonna do it today, but I was looking, and it's just 
yeah, they just, there are no, there aren't years where they've hit on late picks at all. There's no, there's no, there's like, like Paul Byron, I think, who never, who, who never really made his, his bones with the Sabres. He, forget if they actually, if they traded him or he signed, they let him sign elsewhere. I think they did trade him. Um, oh yeah, I think he was like part of the, was he part of the Brian Flynn trade? No, I don't know. He ended up, I mean, it's not, he's obviously turned into a pretty nice player on the Canadians. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, he's like the only guy in the last several years that I feel like has has developed beyond like round three or f- or four that's turned into a pretty good NHL player. Um, and you know, and there are these years where they had where they had like two or like three, two or three second round picks or third round picks, and you know, it's like it's 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 Bailey Baptiste, like uh, Jerome Leduc, um, and and it's like. And he he's not even I don't even know if he's playing anywhere anymore. Um, they they it's like two thousand one or whatever that I think that was two thousand one was like the last year they had like a good, strong draft where it was like Pominville and Roy, and well Thorburn had a nice career but not with the Sabers but um, all three of those second round picks were hits and turned into really good players and that was that that was like basically when they came on the team and four years later or so that was Sabers were good. And I feel like that's what we're, I think that's really what we're feeling right now, is there's just, for whatever reason, the Sabres have just really not drafted well. Um, I mean, Gergensen's, Grigorenko is not even in the NHL. Gergensen's is like a decent grinder player at this point. Um, Not really, it's, you know, you wouldn't think of him, you wouldn't think that he was drafted in the first round to see him, but he's, but, you know. He's he's he can get he can he's okay in the NHL. I mean he can I guess he's not terrible. Um, Ristolainen I don't know. I mean <laughs> we just it's like uh, it's I mean I know like he's there are a lot of people who've thought that he's been terrible for a long time, and uh, he really might be. <laughs> I sort of held out because I was like, well you can't really judge him because the team's bad. It's like well maybe there's a reason the team's bad. Um, and so I, I I don't know uh, I'm not I mean I'm again it, it is it is still difficult to pinpoint anyone because the whole it's true though this year though the whole team has been so awful it is it's difficult to like say one person is worse or better than any anyone else but um, really disappointing obviously um, and 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 yeah I have to say the same thing about Eichel I mean he uh, he looks. He, I was think I've been thinking about this because I, f- I feel like his um his his not the way he wants to play is to slow down the game because he's as if because he's so much more skilled than everyone else, um and I'm sure that that just worked every level he played at, um juniors and and college uh um and occasionally it worked in the NHL but. No, like the worst person in today's NHL is just—they're not going to be that much. They're not going to be that much worse than he is in, on on in some level. And uh, and then the good good players, like they don't—it doesn't really work on them to just sort of just to slow down that much. Um, he—it's not like he's that much. He's not like he's that good. Whereas McDavid's style is to be faster than everyone, and he is. And it's still, and that translated perfectly because you watch like that goal he scored the first night of the of the season. I think he just like flies down the wing, 
and that creates space for him rather than Eichel tries to create space for himself by like slowing down sometimes and uh like he, f- he skates in over the blue line and then peels off and just sort of floats around the corner of the ice and and sometimes sometimes it does work i mean he's made a couple he's had a couple great assists this year where he's found you know Pominville for a one timer and great but he's also i mean he's not shooting at all and he's just like for all the for all this talk of the Sabres playing with pace and stuff, like he does not play that fast unless he's got a break. I mean, he's a, for such a great skater, he doesn't. And he, and there have been times like that goal he scored in Nashville in overtime last year. That's like a McDavid like play of skating fast and and doing something faster than anyone else can can do to keep up with him, because that's where his talent co- is evident. Um, I wish he did that more, or he learned he start he wanted to play like that more because. He doesn't, and then I think he, he makes himself ineffective. Whereas then you see someone like Matthews, who's a um, perfectly good skater, but doesn't really doesn't rely on his skating in the same way that the two other guys do, because he's certainly not a McDavid skater. Um, and I don't even, and maybe probably not as fast in a straight line as Eichel. Probably not many people probably are, but. But also, like you see the heat maps of where McD- or uh, Matthew scores, and it's always in front of the net, um, in in the areas where most goals are scored in the league. And he just, it's like he's a he's kind of like a Dave Anderchuk, except a better, but he's a center and better skater, and and like a more of a playmaker, and with an inc- obviously with an incredible shot. So like I mean, he can shoot from anywhere and and have a good chance of scoring. But like that's that style of play makes him even better than he. Then his skill set may strictly, or may may, nece- may like might have led you to believe, like, you know, if there were a way to just say, to you know, EA Sports actually just calculate skills and say like, well, that should mean this many goals. But style of play, I think a guy like Matthews is perfectly suited for a l- really long successful career because I mean, unlo- the, uh, the only reason that may not hold up is because he might, maybe he'll take more of a beating. Although I don't. <laughs> I don't know that he does. I mean, I haven't seen really enough Leaf games to see if he ever gets beat up. Or, um, I don't think I don't think so though, because because the way they're constructed now, there's so many other weapons around him who are the fast um, little guys that are you know that like that also just kind of fly around with the puck and probably also give Matthews more space. But of course, he's a, he's a big dude. Like he's not he's pretty he's tall and and strong, and he's like it's probably hard to, to push him around. But um, um, so, I mean, that, that's like, that's probably the biggest risk that he runs. Whereas like, and, and McDavid, the biggest risk he seems to run is, you know, if he, if he ever blows out a knee or has some, some bad leg injury that ever makes him lose some of his speed. I mean, he's still, obviously he's, he's still going to be the best player in the NHL almost as, almost certainly like from here until he retires, he's, he's just going to be at least a top five, um, because of his mind and his other skills. But, um, if he were to somehow lose some of that speed, that would be a problem. Whereas Michael doesn't seem to get hit much because I think it is difficult for, for other defense, other teams to like, to get on him. Um, because he can still skate. Like he wants to like draw you close to him and then pass it around you or, or, or skate. And, and, you know, when it, when it works, it's, it is very effective because it does, he can, he can slow the game down, but, and maybe it's because they're maybe the players aren't around him aren't good enough. But see, no, because and someone said this this week. But that's the true. That's not a. That's. It's not a valid excuse to say, um, you know, 
he needs the right line mates. It's like, no, he's a play, like, someone is going to be worth $10 million a year. The point is you can plug in anyone with them, and he will make that other, these other players better. Um, and again, it's the, it's the Penguins model, whereas you can plug in an AHL guy and develop into a nice goal scorer. Um, and Eichel has not shown that in his career um, yet. Uh, and, I mean, no one has, and, and you know, not, and it, it seemed like he and Reinhardt had nice chemistry for, like, a year ago or two years ago, but that, I don't know what to make of Sam Reinhardt. Uh, I, I kind of, for a while, was just assuming that for, it was certain that he, he would also get a nice long extension, and, and then they wouldn't sign Kane, not that, and I don't want, I don't, personality-wise, and, 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 you know, and, uh, <laughs> I don't want, I, I mean, I'm generally in, fa- not in favor of re-signing players with, rape allegations in their past, but, uh, I mean, I, and I, so, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Sabres, well, they're not, I don't, well, they might get rid of Reinhardt, and that might be okay, um, but for a long time, I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted that, and I thought, well, they're going to re-sign Reinhardt to the long deal, and definitely not re-sign Kane, um, I'm not so sure about that, um, I think that, I think they might do, I really could see Bottrell trading Reinhardt, like, at the draft next year, for, I mean, I would love if it was for, like, Hannafin or one of those Carolina defensemen or somebody, um, I mean, or even a forward, uh, because you talk about, I mean, like, if, 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 if Matthews is someone who plays, um, a style that's very conducive to success and also just kind of to the way the, the league is, um, and even just sort of is, like, aware enough of his own abilities to make, to, like, make himself more effective, uh, as much as Sam Reinhardt is a very smart hockey player, I don't know that he. I don't know that any of that is true. I, he, I can't figure him out because he's been. I guess it's like yeah. I mean, his line had that had a great uh, Corsi the first game, but like again, I mean, if I if I'm if I was gonna, if I'm gonna say that Eichel has been like invisible, then I certainly think Reinhardt has been, um, and he's got good good point numbers his two years, but I just don't. I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know. I mean. I mean, I mean, again, I, I, I think if anything is killing this team right now, it's the fact that there's like, they've got, uh, let's see, eighteen million dollars wrapped up in O'Reilly, Oposo, and Molson, and none of them look like they've, like they can play hockey anymore. Um, Molson obviously just, you know, he should, he clearly is just, he shouldn't be on this team. He should be in the American League at this point. He's got nothing left. Oposo, I. I mean, I loved him last year, I, and I think he's a great guy, but I don't—he's maybe he's still injured, maybe O'Reilly's still injured, but n- they both just look—I I mean, it's like, well, good thing we've got them both signed for another six years, because they just look like garbage. I mean, I went on, like, a—I was—as I was coming home from the game, I went on a, treat, a tweet storm about how— yeah, I think O'Reilly. What—it doesn't matter what I said, but it's like he—he he really looks like he's completely forgotten how to play hockey. Um, and Oposo just has been, he's just a shell of a human, uh, on the ice thus far. Um, and then, you know, and, and Beaulieu is just, like, passing to the other team. Um, Leonard, I, I mean, when I left the game, I was like, I never need to see him in a Sabres goal uniform again. Um, and that's still true, but it's not, but again, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what goalie would have bailed them out of those two, the games, the games on si- Saturday and Monday. So, um, you know, what what are we? What can you do? 
That's why I'd be curious if there were a way to actually know what Bottrell thinks about this team, or, or even what he thought when he came in. That might be even more interesting, um, because uh, I wonder if he actually, if he thought this might be, and, and, and of course, you know, it's still so early in the season. I don't. It's tough to even tell what we don't know what the overall kind of arc of this season will be. Is it going to be another basically major rebuild year, in which we're terrible and we get a lottery pick, or does the does the Housley six system sort of sink in by I don't know November December or even like April? But like, is it enough or and or do, or and or do they just or, you know, slash, do they just sort of figure out how a way to be a little, to win a game and play some, some decent defense and then just sort of, you know, are like a 500 team or whatever. Um, we don't know yet. Uh, so they've play, played four games and all, all been disappointing, if not terrible. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I know, I don't, Sabres, I know, I, I don't have high expectations for them in L.A. because I'm still convinced that they just go to Los Angeles and party the night before every time they go cuz they they historically they've they would they would lose the game in LA to the Kings and then they would they play the Ducks like the next night or two days later and they would win that game. I don't think that's happening here. I think I don't think we they even play the Ducks on this trip. They go to uh Vegas on Tuesday. And I'm sure that'll be a loss too. <laughs> or maybe we'll be the first team to beat them. Who knows. But uh I I I would hope that the Sabers are serious serious enough about hockey to not go have gone and partied at the clubs last night in L.A. But you never know um, because they I've seen I I had been there for I've been there for two straight three the three times I've been to see the Sabers in L.A. they've lost two nothing three in a row and I don't I think there might have been one other game I didn't make it to in other years but I'm actually not sure because there might have been a lockout in there. Uh, no, no, because there hasn't been a lot in a couple years. Anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just a bummer. <laughs> um, but it was, it's just, it's, yeah, so it's, I, I remember, I, so I was here about a week ago saying how excited I was and that I was excited about both the Bills and Sabres because they both looked good in October, and when was the last time that happened? Well, of course, within, within 72 hours, they both had lost. The Bills, I obviously don't, it's not like I gave up, I've lost hope in the Bills, but they're, they came back down to earth a bit. Um, the Bills' offense is not going to be great, but um, but the injuries definitely kind of made that not so surprising. Defense still played great, they just didn't couldn't stop, shut down Green. Um, the Bills are in a good position to, I think, with if if this defense can be sustained into next season, one a good offseason of offensive building might really make them a pretty good team next year. But I don't want that. I want them to break the streak now and at least get to a playoff game. And maybe that'll happen. This will be a good test for McDermott to see how, and the whole coaching staff, to, can they take this bye week and figure out how to run the ball and, I don't know, build something that that, that Tyrod can can be a little more effective. I mean, I'm not overly optimistic there, but I think he could be good enough to make to win some games. But uh, we'll see. But, um, but more importantly... Uh, th- I, I said that whole thing, and then it's like within yeah within a couple of days the Bi- Sabers had scored on, like four goals and given up like what, thirteen in two games or something crazy, um, so yeah season went south fast. Um, that was a horrible experience going to the game. Uh, Saturday I 
probably the least fun hockey game I've ever been to. Um, and there are a good number of Sabre fans there, um, and not a lot of Islander fans, as is usual. At the, I mean, I, I mean, there are plenty of Islander fans, but it's sad how f- how much the arena does not fill up, note visibly. Um, and there might be like ten thousand fans there, uh, and then there's, or you know, like ten thousand total, ten or eleven, um, you know, mostly Islander fans. Several, you know, couple, maybe a hundred or a couple hundred Sabre fans. Um, and then a lot of empty seats, and it's just it's just kind of a bummer. I will say that for an arena that's not built for hockey, my my sight lines are, were about as good as they've been. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just there's a lot of there's just like it's just it's tough to even t- it's tough to know what to feel because you want to. I mean, it's I'm I'm, I'm I am I mean I'm feeling disappointment, um, but since it's so early, it's just sort of like you know. I'm still trying to. I'm trying to be. You know, you have to like. It's like this is this is this is what happens as a Buffalo fan. Is you just say, well, you know, you get out of the immediate emotions of the uh, disappointment or anger or whatever the loss, and you're like, well, you know, they just have to. We just have to keep going to see how they can how they continue to react because there's still 75 plus games left in the season. Um, you know, a lot of points there for the taking. They're not out of anything yet. It's just. They can't let this turn into, like, a 10-game slider. And if they do, then it's just like, well, they're basically out of the playoffs. Um, if, they, if they're not out, if they haven't won a couple games by the end of the month. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, so, I don't know. Um, how, am I, how am I doing here? Yeah, that's plenty of time. Um, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what I'll do if they don't, if this is just, like... Well, I'll, I mean, I'll be back next week for another episode, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I got, I got nothing else, because <laughs> I, I guess, as I, as I guess, as I, yeah, as I said, like, this, the, the only good thing is that it's just continuing to ensure that the Buffalo narrative will continue and live on, um, but of course I don't want that, so it's a, it's a catch-22, so, I don't know, that said, uh, it's been a phenomenal episode, um, <laughs> And uh, it's nice to hear. It's nice the other podcasts I follow for hockey are they're actually enjoying watching their team, so good for them. Um, and uh, you know maybe maybe this will maybe this will just turn into something. I guess all I can hope, all any of us can hope is is that we get caught. Us being you know, um, well me as in this in this enterprise as a as a Sabres podcaster now, but even just as a fan, you always hope that. You will be like you'll do a Stephen King when he was fought, when he chose to follow the Red Sox that year, and then they end up winning the pennant or the pennant, the World Series, um, dramatically to break the streak. And it's just like, well, we just happened to have this voice that, that that recorded the whole story. So I guess that's all anyone on anyone hopes. So I, I, I no matter how how low we ever get, the Sabers are going to continue to follow because maybe someday, uh, you know, someday I think we'll get to the promised land. Um, you know what? It's not the promised land because there are no promises in sports. It's just the uh, the ideal land. Um, but right now we're in Saberland, and uh, it's tough to see the way out sometimes. So, um, but that's it for this episode. So I'll be back next week, and uh, thanks for listening.